Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 78 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. And in this episode, you're going to get to hear a fabulous roundtable with franchisees that call themselves by a few names. We'll call them next gen here. In this one, Sam, I think we're going to dive into how we hold each other and you accountable. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, It turns out that this conversation was so great, Drew, that we're going to actually put this out into three different episodes. So today you're getting the first one where the group talked about accountability and you know, let's not pull any punches. Let's, let's call them what they were. Sam, you already do that on the podcast in the interview itself. I think we just let the listeners hear it later. Okay. I'm with you. Should we drop some Stevie? So joining us this week to talk through fabulous concepts that we may or may not have discussed in a two-hour-long session of pre-work are some franchisees that are sometimes described as next-gen and sometimes described by other words we can't mention on the podcast. Oh, uh, sure we can. They call themselves degenerates. Let's just let's just throw that out there. That's fair enough. Because if you call yourself that, that's fine. That's correct. I mean, I called myself that. I don't know if I but. I mean, we all agree. Don't start talking until you're spoken to. Okay. Okay. Wow. (laughs) So to get get this off, what we're going to do is have each of you introduce yourselves to the audience uh, real quick. Name, store count, location, how long you've been a franchisee. And whoever wants to go first, Emily, can go ahead and go first. Well, I'm Emily Elwell. I'm Dan Elwell. We have 14 stores in the Southwest Missouri, Southeast Kansas, and the Northeast Oklahoma area. Been franchisees for, it'll be 13 years in July. Awesome. Go ahead, Mike. All right. Uh, Mike Harding. I have 21 stores in between Kentucky and Indiana. Um, I franchised in 2016. And uh, this is actually my 30th year with Domino's in November. So, Very cool. Anthony. I'm Anthony Satterwhite. Um, I have 18 stores in the Cleveland and Columbus um, DMA in Ohio. I've been with Domino's uh, 19 years, uh, going on 20 this year. How long is a franchisee, Anthony? Uh, franchisee since 2017. Cool. Jimmy. Hey, I'm Jimmy Rudlinger. Got uh, 13 stores and a seasonal store, so 14 stores in uh, north central Indiana. Been with Domino's since 2002. Been a franchisee since 2016, and Emily gave me my uh, gave me a ride home from work first night ever. Wow, that's an awesome story. Cool. And uh, how about our resident rock star? Ah, Sheldon Ford. I have 14 stores, mostly through Central Pennsylvania. Been a franchisee for 14 years, and uh, celebrated 23 years last Friday with the brand. That's awesome. So there's a little bit of experience here on the podcast today. Emily, I missed how long with Domino's altogether? Uh, 22 years. 
Yeah, I'm at 20. I'm at 23 years. One upper. Wow. So that gives us uh, about 160 years of Domino's Pizza experience on this little round table. Um, and no, Drew, you don't have to tell everybody that I'm the oldest again, because we all know that after 75 episodes. So shut your mouth. I was just going to say something around that's still almost as much time as you have, but that's fine. You're good. Yeah, you're hilarious. So, gang, as we're sitting here talking about things that are happening in the Domino's pizza world, let's start it off and talk about adversity. So it seems like as I travel around the country, we're seeing a lot of folks that when they come up to adversity, occasionally they think that that means it's time to pack it in. What are you guys seeing in your stores? One of the things that we stress to the team is um, it's kind of like a, a little mantra, but we don't we don't say no. We 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 ask how. So if we come up to against something that you know is is a challenge, you know, weather, for instance, you know, if it starts to snow or we're expecting snow, okay, how do we operate as as close to normal as possible? How do we get it done? Instead of naming off all the reasons that we shouldn't do it, we try to say, okay, how do we break this down and figure out how to get it done and to stay as operational as possible. Specifically in, in our area in the Midwest, uh, we, we hit weather annually. It's, it's no surprise. If we aren't out there giving customers confidence that they can count on us, if it's one inches of snow, two inches of snow, three inches of snow, when we say no to the customer, the next time when maybe it's just a little bit of rain, they're going to question, are they open or not? And so it's important to give the customers confidence that they can count on us and while keeping, you know, team member safety, 100%, you know, front of mind, but with a sound mind, making those decisions of how do we do this as safely as possible? How do we get it done instead of, no, we can't. I like that a lot. So what I hear you saying is when we come up against something that's an adverse situation, instead of saying, no, we're not going to do this tonight, we say, how can we do it to the best of our ability? Yeah, I love that. I like that a lot. All right. How about uh, you, Sheldon? I try to, with my people, I try to teach more of a mindset and perspective when it comes to adversity. You know, um, a lot of, you know, the adversity our stores face now is, you know, staffing issues or, you know, just, just the things that, you know, when we came into Domino's, it was, you know, maybe it was just expected or, or we just knew it a little bit better. Um, but you know, you see people jumping ship cause they're working a ton or they're short staffed. And, you know, I try to teach the mindset. It's like, you know, where are you going to go where it's better? You know, it, it it's still old saying the grass is green or where you water it. And it's just, you know, you're going to jump ship and, and, and give up and go face the same thing across the street or, or down the road or just for the rest of your life, pretty much. So it's at some point, you know, you'll, you take Emily's approach and, and say, at some point, you got to put your foot down and say, I'm going to get through this. That's quarter of my approach is, is just reminding them that this, this is the, the best job. I bring up my fiance a lot as a zookeeper, you know, it's been single digits in St. Louis, you know, and if she wants a Tuesday off, she's got to take a vacation day or, you know, she's out working in single digits, you know, with animals. And it's just, you know, but everybody thinks that, that that could be the better job and and that's a great job she loves it it's not a job for everybody and i think just people constantly reminding themselves that this is a really great job and if you're going to stay in this industry it's not going to get any better and and it's 
you're, you're not just gonna be able to jump ship and, and be better down the road. Eldon, I totally went for sarcasm there for a second because right now Sam and I feel like zookeepers. So I almost understand ah. what she's going through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I, yeah, to your point, Sheldon, I think the big, the big thing is always, we sometimes forget that we still, we really do have the, kind of like the best job in the world when, you know, sometimes when things aren't going well, it's, it's easy to forget that, but when, you know, the ups of this job are, you know, when things are going great or just phenomenal. I mean, you know, our store managers essentially at the end of the day kind of run their own business. They work for themselves. You know, like you said, you don't, you don't have to request a random Tuesday off or anything like that. You know, if you build a team around you, you can really do whatever you want in this job. And it's easy to forget that when you're pulling a back to back, open to close or you're closing out there, somebody called off on a day. It's really easy to forget those things. But, you know, when you build that team and things are going really well, you, know, you there really isn't a better place to be, especially with the opportunity that this brand presents where anybody can franchise with the right tools and you know, just a, a very little passion investment up front. Well, and everything's so cyclical too uh, in this in this business. So a lot of the adversity that these guys face today are the same things that we faced, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And you just have to preach to these guys that, hey, it's going to get better. The good times are great. The bad times are what they are. And, and it's, it's cyclical. It's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be bad. Is it even cyclical? Is it more like, like a wave, right? Because there's always the good days and the highs and there's a couple bad days and the lows and you're just kind of riding the waves, right? That's the way I always look at this when we talk about adversity that, yeah, sure, it's bad today, but it was good yesterday. It'll be better tomorrow. Like we can, we can kind of play that, that wave piece of it. But yeah, I get where you're going with the cyclical as well. I think the other thing that's important, and Sheldon, you mentioned this about the whole grass is greener thing. People have to understand that if there's adversity here in the best pizza company in the world, in the biggest pizza company in the world, there's certainly adversity in other places as well. And, you know, with the leaders that I'm fortunate enough to work with, I got to believe that the grass is greenest on our side of the fence. And if it was easy, anybody could do it. And there's always going to be adversity. You know, I tell everybody that are going to be leaders, you've got to understand that it's not easy, it's not fair, and it's not for everyone. And if you can't take adversity and get through it, then it's it's probably not for you. But there's certainly some folks that we can easily help through that adversity. And it sounds like most of you are doing that really, really well. You know, a good friend of mine that I was on the phone with yesterday told me um, I was struggling with something. I mean, even with my son. And, you know, I was explaining you know what was going on and you know he kind of stopped me and said like have you ever thought about having him point out the positives like what what are the positives that can come out of this situation that kind of stopped me at my tracks because i think that applies in a lot of places when, when things are down or things aren't going well if you're in that that negative wave you have that tendency to point out everything that's negative like you know if you're if you're always looking for yellow cars you're gonna see nothing but yellow cars you know if you're in a negative spot you're gonna see all the negative, all the negative. So I think, you know, it's, it's important to think like, okay, well, what's the good that can come out of this? Or, you know, like, even if you hit rock bottom, okay. So you, you are where you are. There's no changing that, you know, how do you build from here? You know, what, what's the next positive step that you can take? What's the next like simple win? Yeah, I think that's super important. Drew and I did an episode, I don't know, a year ago or so. And we talked about this book called The High Five Habit, where Mel Robbins talks about your RAS, your reticular activation system. And you can actually reprogram what gets in. And I think what you just said, Emily, of asking people of what's going right, what could we do better? 
instead of just constantly focusing on what's bad is a great way to reprogram the bouncer of your brain of what gets in and what doesn't. And I think once people start getting into this negative spiral and everybody piles on, then we're just, we're in a world of hurt. So I, I love that technique of pointing out what's right. I think that's really, really important. Along those lines, I'm just going to ask and feel free to say no, but when you're interviewing for assistants or GMs, do any of you look for that growth mindset, right? Do you, do you ask them about what they do when they got cut from the team or they failed the test? Like, cause that's the kind of person we're looking for, right? We're always looking for the person that when they hit that wall, do they just turn around and walk away or do they actually do something to go around it? So do you guys do something to pick those folks out of a crowd? So one of my typical interview questions is, give me an example of a time you faced adversity and how you overcame it. Because I want to hear, I, I want to hear how they adapt to the change and, and so on. I love that question. Cool. Thank you, Jimmy. What are you seeing in, in Harrison reports that we do? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that, I mean, you, you, you used the phrase interviewing for GM, but I mean, our MIT program is, I mean, designed to, you know, because they're, they're working as an MIT, they're working the same physical job as a GM, but, you know, it's, it's, it's in the trenches, right? I mean, they're, they're doing, you know, all the hard stuff. So it, in and of itself, it's, uh, it's watching them being able to overcome adversity through that whole process. Yeah, Drew, you mentioned, I, we actually changed, I, I think, the biggest thing I'm learning recently, and I've, I've always known it, but it's just really hitting home now is I can teach anyone to make a pizza. You know, you give anyone long enough, you can probably teach a puppy how to do it if they don't eat it. But you know, it's the point is, is anyone can make a pizza and, and go in and date a product or, or do this. It's this business is so mindset and, and being able to teach your people the mindset. And, and we actually got away from, I don't interview managers anymore we interview you know pizza makers and if you want to move into that system like dan said you know we you start at the bottom and you work your way up through it and um you know i'm not saying that there isn't an occasional one-off but we have this mindset i think in the world right now that is if we're hiring you as a manager we all know that a manager in our world is completely different than a manager in, in most, you know, worlds. It's just, a, it's a different thing. And it's the reason we keep people the way we do, because it's just different. And when we were interviewing management, we were coming up and, and realizing that they were coming in with this mentality, I'm just going to be a manager. And Emily has an amazing training program that we've been using. And it, it takes somebody from, you know, a pizza maker, CSR to a manager, and they don't even realize that they're now a manager. You know, I, I trained a person myself through this program and six weeks in, she's running a shift and she has no idea that you're now, you're now a shift leader. You know, you're a shift leader in our company. To her, it was just natural. This is a job I learned. So her mentality, she didn't come in thinking she would be a manager and we created one out of her through her hard work and, and getting over adversity too. So like to touch on what Dan said, it's just, you know, the program, if you're putting them through it correctly, they're going to weed themselves out whether they can overcome that adversity or not. I love what you said there at the end about the program, if you're putting them through it correctly. How much of a challenge is that in today's world with shrinking margins and not enough people? How are you overcoming that? And what advice would you give to folks that are listening on the best ways to make sure that, I mean, I think we've got some great team members out there and they feel like they're not getting the training they want. And I think the folks on this call are doing a really, really good job of making sure that their teams are getting the develop that development that they need. What would you say to folks 
out in the world to help them get to that level. Well, you know, I love to hog the mic, so I'm going to say it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Sheldon Show. So I learned through this program and, and using this training program that Emily developed that you you think you're taking longer because you're starting people a lot slower and methodical and it feels like we're wasting so much time doing these things that we never did before but you end up getting a, a, a way more amazing product the person understands their their job way better and it saves you insane money in the long run because you don't have the turnover and you have somebody actually knows how to do their job and run the numbers and hit the goals that we have set for them so the old school way of trying to plow somebody through training to save money and get them on their own right away actually backfires and costs you more in the long run. So it's really buying into, hey, this feels slow, but if you do it right, it pays off in the long term. That goes to something that Drew says all the time, kind of go slow to go fast. It's kind of amazing, kind of, you know, to your point, when you actually take the time to do that full six, seven weeks of training, what you get out of that versus that one or two weeks. And, you know, we've seen that here in, in my stores. Uh, very, very true. Like, you know, the people that have gotten that six or seven weeks of side-by-side training without doing anything but working with them, fantastic. And then, you know, you don't have to go back and review as much or to kind of catch up to that. And, they can handle more when they're actually on their own versus somebody that only gets a day or two. Um, and then they're out there kind of on their own. I think that some of our challenges, I think are people, they're just impatient and you can't really train experience. And that's, I think the challenge with our, our business is, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to be a franchisee in a year from now. Well, you know, it's, there's so much to learn and in, in just being a, a basic team member, let alone being a franchisee. But I managed a store probably for, 12 years before I even moved on to the next level. And, you know, there's in those 12 years, there's a lot of experience and a lot of different things. And then you get into a district manager role and everything is amplified by, you know, five, 10 or whatever the number is. Even today as a franchisee, there's certainly a lot of challenges that we have to learn and deal with. And it just comes with experiences as you get better and better. And you know, I was talking to someone about leases the other day, and I don't really have too much experience with negotiating leases, but it's still something that we have to learn. And again, it just experience it just takes time. And unfortunately, I think in our the Domino's world is there's sometimes impatient people that want more too fast. I don't think it's the Domino's world. I think it's the world in general. Yeah, I think at least the people I deal with, and you know, my kids are thirty and twenty five. And they want everything right now. And I'm not so sure I didn't want everything right now when I was that age as well. It just wasn't possible. So, you know, I love what you say. You know, you can't teach experience. It just, it comes with time. And I think the people that are going to be patient are the ones that are going to be the most successful. And that's not to say that you couldn't jump into it and be successful. I think the more experience you get and the more you learn about the business on somebody else's nickel, the, the better off you are. Can't you pick up some of that experience through osmosis, right? It's groups like this where where Sam's experience and things is different than mine. Sheldon's is clearly different than the rest of us because he wears his hat backwards. But in all seriousness, it's it's groups like this, that mentor-mentee relationship or that peer-to-peer relationship where you can kind of speed run your your experience because you just start to talk about, I had this come up. Well, I've dealt with this before. I've dealt with that before. I would also add like, I think it's important to remember, and this is going to sound harsh or whatever, but I get people a lot that two, two phrases that 
um, grind my gears would be one, my people can't do that or my people won't do that. And the other one would be, well, that won't work at my store. Your store is not special. You know, you might have some idiosyncrasies in there that, you know, it is what it is because of layout. You know, we can't put something, you know, there, but think of, you know, conceptualizing, you know, like we, we make our pizza makers memorize portions or um, use topping codes for abbreviations. And I hear from other people, my people can't do that. Why are you limiting your people? The human brain is so incredible and it can grab onto so much uh, information. And, you know, Sheldon was talking about our, our training program and that's how it's designed. It's, it's designed to like each day builds a little bit on the concept of the last day. And then after six weeks, you just have all this information that you didn't even realize. And, you know, we even in our organization have GMs that will say, well, this person's just non-manager. And I'm like, they're an insider, they're a manager, period. You know, if you're, you know, not training them, then shame on you. Or if you're not, if your hiring practices are you're, you're not picking people with that high caliber, then shame on you. But people are capable. People are, are wonderful. This generation is so great too, because they're so hungry and they're so, you know, they want everything right now. So why wouldn't you take that opportunity? And in that first six weeks, give them as much information as, you know, as they can, because that human brain will take on so much if you feed it. But it's whenever you put that limitation of that won't work here, or my people won't do that, you Put that limitation on them and it's not the, the other person it's not the trainee emily i think we're we're wired a lot alike because those two things that you mentioned grinding your gears as you were saying them, my gears started to grind and you know i get the luxury of traveling around the country as drew does and we'll do store visits and clients will say well my people won't do this and i'll go in and i'll simply with a smile on my face ask them to do it and they do so is it that your people won't do it or is it that you're too afraid to rock the boat to get the expectations that you want? Your level of expectations is lower than what it needs to be. I think, Jimmy, that their level of expectations is still high. They just don't communicate it or ask for it. It's like I want my entire team to be in uniform, but they won't do that. I had the luxury of being with with Mike's group weeks ago and i'm telling you what that group is buttoned up when it comes to image when we were in that classroom and everybody looked great and somebody walked in that wasn't an image and mike walked up to him with a smile on his face shook his hand said how you doing how long will it take you to go home and get in uniform and, and the guy said x amount of minutes and he went and he came back and he was still on time for class and drew and i are reading a book right now that we're going to put on a, an upcoming episode and it says one in three of today's generation is dealing with some sort of social anxiety. We've got to tell these people that, hey, listen, I get it that you're anxious or I get it that you don't want to be confrontational. But these are our expectations and we have to ask for them. We don't have to be mean about it. We don't have to be rude, but we do have to ask for them because they're not just going to happen. We've got to make sure that we're doing it. I don't think I've ever run into a franchisee that has said, my expectations for image is crap. That's why my team is crap. They just don't talk about it or they just don't ask. I always say that too. I always tell my people, I'm like, did you want to wake up and be mediocre today? Like who wakes up and says that? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody wakes up and be like, I'm going to be extra mediocre today. <laughs> like, no. Wait, wait, you can't be extra mediocre. 
No. I mean, just that. <laughs> Girl, I can't wait to be mediocre today. Just nobody says that. Nobody. Just don't act like, it, you know. I, uh, you know, we had the same conversation. We had our goal settings last week and we had a big talk with the managers about if, if you're going to spend these two hours in this room setting these goals and then you don't go back and communicate them to your individual management team, like you've shot yourself in the foot. Like you, if, if you want your team to perform these goals, you've got to let them know what they are, why they're important and how you're going to get there and then hold them to that, you know? And cause I think a lot of times like, yeah, I'm going to run, you know, this, this food variance this year. And then they don't tell anybody that that's important to them. Or why it's important. I think that's important. Along those. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead, Anthony. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to. You can post mute. <laughs> I can. Yeah. <laughs> it serve Anthony right. That was an accident, Jimmy. Let it go. Years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony has a nice background today, though. Not just a plain wall. Oh that's my right. God! You guys remember the zookeeping comment? Here we go. I know, right? But I mean, if, if we're, oh, we're not even drinking, that, right? Like, we're not even drinking. <laughs> Quick, Drew, get us back on the rails. You know why? Why? Just let it run off the rails. It's fine. No, oh, I think it is fine. I think it. I think it's fine. It makes for, us normal. For, it makes us normal. No, I, I think it's great that that people see. Like we we are behind the scenes. We are kind of idiots. I won't call my friends degenerates. I'll call I, I'll call us idiots. No, we we really. But we have so much fun and we joke around, but, but we, we really, I consider this group to be the best of the best. And it, they, I just, I don't want people out there. I, I manage my style a little different, but it's like, you can still have fun and you can still be kind of an idiot, but you can be really successful doing it. Both of them. I think it's important for people to know that. It's, it's kind of like a state shelter, right? Like it's important for people to realize, you know, franchisees, we're just all saying, we all just graduated from the same class GMs are in right now. Yeah. Just yeah. work their way through the system, graduated from the same class. Yeah. I'll have that conversation with, uh, you know, team members sometime because <clears throat> you'll promote this guy or gal and, and, you know, they're 23, 24 years old and now they're in charge of the store and the team expects that person to, know everything and have all the answers that I always thought I was like, man, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't have the answers in 22 years experience. I'm learning something new every day. So don't expect this guy to know all the answers, but you know, he should be at, he should be getting you the answers if he doesn't know, it. but just don't expect him to out of the box. Perfect. That's unrealistic. Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with someone yesterday and I, you know, uh, sorry, I said a couple of days ago and I was, you know, we we're talking about that. There's sometimes the expectations that people have of general managers inside of the store. It's really an unrealistic expectation, even from assistant managers. And, you know, everybody's part of the management team, but everybody expects a general manager to solve all the problems and they expect them all solved tomorrow. Like every single problem that I bring up, I want it solved tomorrow. Well, just like all the team members in the store, general managers are still learning each and every day. You know, they don't have all the answers. They they need help solving some of these problems. So if you see issues and things that come up, you know, how can you help them solve that? How can we work together to kind of work on those issues? You know, a lot of times I, you know, and I had a, I had a conversation with some of on assistant managers, like, hey, I told the manager that XYZ was happening. This needed to be fixed. This needed to be fixed. And I'm like, you know, this manager's here a third of the time. 
you and the other assistant manager here two thirds of the time. What are you doing to hold those team members accountable to help train those team members and to actually help that general manager get the store to where you think the store should be? Because if you think that they're just going to come in at a third of the time that's open and fix everything and then leave and the other two thirds of the time, you don't have to do anything. You're sadly mistaken. That's just not how it works. It needs to be a management team where everybody's kind of working together towards the same thing. And you guys should be sitting down, having regular conversations and figuring out how do we make the store better together. So along those lines, we, we started this talking around uh, adversity and mental toughness. And what I've picked up is, to your point, Anthony, is everybody, GM, AM, shift leader, CSR, franchisees, got to control what they can control, right? Talk about the how we do it and not the why we can't. I'm a fan of going for the long game, right? Talking about what that thing is at the end of this, that it's a bad day today, but look what'll happen next week or next month. Brought up a growth mindset, how we can look at all these things through positive, through a positive light. Thank you, Anthony, for the go slow to go fast, especially when it comes to training. And we can't train experience. I think those kind of key points wrap up adversity. All that conversation around adversity. Now in the next episode, we get to dive in with this group around goals, competition, and brutal honesty. And when you say brutal honesty, Drew, I'm telling you what, these guys are brutal with each other. And I think that's what great leaders do with one another. They don't pull punches. And, you know, Satterwhite always says to be kind is to be direct and to be direct is to be kind. These guys are definitely direct. Kind? Um, well, we'll let you be the judge of that. They're kinda. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, they're nice for a group of degenerates. There you have it. Thanks to the Next Gen group for getting together with us. And uh, listeners, I think you're going to really love the next two episodes as well. So with that, let's land the plane. This is Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And this is Sam with Bowser Consulting. But oh, wait, the tower has just signaled us to circle before we land and make sure we mention the Drew and Sam live trainings. See, Sam, this is why show prep is so amazing and you do such a great job with it. So we're not exactly sure where the first one's going to be, but it's going to be somewhere in that New Hampshire, Maine area. But we do know the date. So mark your calendars. This is a, this is like if, if, if we were getting married, this is your save the date. June 20th and June 21st. Absolutely. So if you're in the Northeast part of the country and you'd like to see us two goofballs live and in person, and I promise you, the show is is worth it and you're going to learn something that you can go back to your stores and be, wait for it, Drew, better than yesterday. Oh, Sam, that's amazing because, you know, if they if they go to the training, I'm sure it'll take them to the next level. I love it. So, yeah, mark your calendars, June 20th and 21st. Drew and Sam coming to you live in the Northeast. With that, the tower has cleared us to land. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. As always, gang, go out, sell more pizza, and have more fun. Bye-bye. Who's here?